0: Hello, this is Tim Trelaw, and I play the third Doctor Who for Big Finish Productions. Uh, You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting.
1: Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores that crazy world of Doctor Who collecting, the collectors who collect and all kinds of Doctor Who merchandise. And sometimes we just talk about Doctor Who. Great place to do that. Brought to you in part by Bags Unlimited, Incorporated and Forbidden Planet. I am Larry Van Murs, bringing your host. I've been collecting Doctor Who now for 42 years, began in 1981. Welcome to our 63rd episode. Celebrating 60 years of Doctor Who this year what a ride it's been. Uh, if you notice something weird about my voice, uh, I've got a virus that has been attacking my throat. So I have been dealing with that. So I apologize for the late release of this podcast, but that was unavoidable. And so I thought I'd take a chance at recording today. Um, Just to go back in time here, I opened up one of the first Doctor Who stores in Chicago, Illinois, that exclusively served the Doctor Who fans. In other words, I used to take my store to the fan clubs and set up tables just like they do at conventions and would sell Doctor Who weeklies, Doctor Who annuals, early edition Target books, Target books you couldn't get in this country. Um, I had a few toys here and there, you know, it was stuff I imported myself from England. And uh, it eventually grew into a small business called Bundles from Britain, which is, uh, which was wonderful. You know, I was 15 years old, you know, I thought nothing would come of it. And then many, many years later, a book was written called Red, White, and Who? The Story of Doctor Who in America by ATB Publishing, written by wonderful people. And uh, I found my store in there, Bundles from Britain. I'm like, are you kidding me? Made history? Oh, no way. You know, that's just amazing to me. Um, you can get a copy of this book, of course, on the front page of our website, DrWhoCollectors.com. I just want everybody to have a copy. You know, it's just a wonderful book to have. We don't make any money on it. We want the authors to make money on it. That's the important thing. Uh, we are part, of course, of the Direction Point Dr. Who podcast network. And if you're not part of our network as a podcast host, you are missing out on gaining audience. That's what the whole idea is here is my audience has grown quadruple uh since we started and that's what's you know part of this whole process here is being part of a group of people that can make that network work for you uh directionpoint.org is the website and so there you go you can join other great podcasts such as this one time streams police box in a junkyard the doctor who target book club traveling the vortex doctor who literature and many many more Speaking of links, of course, two great links that I include on every episode, because you don't have to start with the previous episodes, you can start anywhere you like. Uh, And the first one, which I think is very important for collectors, is timelash.com, and underneath that banner, the TARDIS Library. That has a very comprehensive database of Doctor Who items, uh, such as books, videotapes, uh, DVDs, um, activity books, nonfiction books... Uh, and stuff like that vinyl records you know and you can actually set up a free account and create your own collection inventory which is really nice i use it quite a bit you can also set it up for want lists and our good friend dan o'malley who keeps the site for free with just a little bit of advertising on the bottom banners not much to get in your way uh, is that um, they've got links there to amazon uh, sites throughout the world as well as an ebay search engine built right in Gotta love it. Um, if you're looking for something more in depth uh, for a you know for collecting a database, then you need to go to Howe's Transcendental Toy Box, and that's at Toybox.co.uk. And I was I was told in England it's uh, it's co.uk, but I thought I'd say co so you understand how to how to put it in your browser. Uh, David J. Howe, of course, is a good friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends for a couple of years, and uh, he's a great resource for for collectors. Of course, if you're looking for great Doctor Who items at great prices, look no further than DoctorWhoStore.com, and that's the Alien Entertainment. They have what you need. Always running great sales. Always acquiring collections. Uh, as of this recording, he had just uh, the owner, Gene Smith, who was my partner back in the bundles days, uh, had sent me a uh, a preview of new hardcovers he had uh bought uh from a collection and i happen to have all of them so it was uh, it was nice to get the the first uh, he gives me first grab at any of that stuff so it's just something we we go back 30 years so of course if you live in the west suburbs of chicago or chicago itself you can select free pickup from the store uh, if you order online what a great deal um, they have two, two locations, one in Lombard and in Logan Square in Chicago. So visit AlienEntertainment.com for location and store hours. Uh, you can also find some great Doctor Who items at Forbidden Planet, but you don't need to go anywhere. You just go to my website, DoctorWhoCollectors.com, visit the merchandise links, and you can buy from Forbidden Planet directly from them through us. And we get a small portion of that sale. You don't pay more. We just get a little bit from that, and that helps us keep the lights on. In addition to, of course, all the podcasts we post on our website, we have the complete guide to classic hardcover books. We recently got a reach out from Paul Smith, who uh, does a book called Based on a Popular Television Serial and is asking questions for help on improving his book with our website, which I thought was really, really nice. So we do have some information there from other sources, as well as uh, the unofficial book guide by Chris Stone, the bundles from Britain catalog, because we were the largest distributor of Doctor Who hardcovers back in the 80s. Not many people knew that. So there you go. Um, Chicago TARDIS 2023, of course, set for next November Thanksgiving weekend. Join us for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who with the best convention in the Midwest. Uh, for more information, go to chicagotardist.com and guest announcements are coming soon. Hotel reservations will be un- unveiled very soon. So you don't want to miss this one. This one's going to be a big one for, uh, for the Midwest because it's an anniversary year and you know that they're going to be pulling out all the stops, getting as many high profile people as possible. I keep hoping that they'll get Jody Whittaker in Chicago. I think that would be amazing. Um, And of course, I know that costs a little more money, but you know what? They can charge a little more money and fill the place, you know, get people in there. So that's, uh, that's an important thing. So what's going on with me? Well, again, uh, I am, I'm also a convention guest. I have appeared at many conventions doing my Doctor Who Collectors sho- Showcase or my collecting Workshops, and uh, I have been confirmed uh, to be returning to Consinity 2023, that's Saturday, April 22nd, from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at Dirks Hall at the Milwaukee School of Engineering University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So there you go. Join me there. Uh, Not far, about two hours from Chicago, and uh, you can check us out there. The Milwaukee Time Lords will be there, so a good shout-out to my friends there. I will be presenting a virtual session on Doctor Who Gaming and Games at Oricon 23, which is uh, a virtual session that will be presented there. It's already on the schedule. I am also a confirmed guest at Doctoberfest 2023 in Indianapolis, Indiana. We will have a dedicated museum room set up so that you can just wander around and ask questions. And I'm working on little placards to provide information on things. So join us in Indianapolis. That will be an in-person convention this year. There will be several other in-person Doctor Who guests there to be announced. They haven't been finalized yet, so I can't talk about it here yet. Of course, I will be back at Chicago TARDIS. uh, So you can check that out at chicagotardis.com. Also, I am confirmed... As of now, to be a guest at the Twin Cities console room in 2024, um, and uh, that will be presenting the Doctor Who collecting workshop as well. I'll be driving up to to Minneapolis, and then uh, tentatively, tentatively, I am planning to be at Gallifrey One. You know, every time a bell rings, a weeping angel gets its wings. Um, I'm hoping that the funding will work out. I'm working with sponsors, working with. Uh, All that to see if we can make that trip happen. That's a a very, very difficult trip to make because it's a weekend in Los Angeles uh, from Chicago. Very difficult to make that trip. Um, So there we go. Uh, What's new in the collection? Well, I'm always actively looking for things and... Sometimes you get nice stuff. I have a very nice ex-library copy of The Visitation. It's it's not a public library. It was a school library. So there's no marks on the outside at all and just a single stamp on the inside page. Uh, Just almost a mint condition book. So that fills out the 1982 section. Um, I have a collection of items that included um, the 20th Anniversary Radio Times Magazine, which... You were able to get that in the United States back in 1983, uh, as was distributed by Starlog Magazine, and it says so on the front cover. But I was always, it was always elusive to me to find the actual Radio Times version, which was only released in England, so now I have that one. There's no difference between the two publications. They're both the same, and uh, it's just nice to have both. Also, in that, in that collection was a long-sought-after copy of the Doctor Who Monster book, first edition, complete with the poster. I've had several copies over the years that the poster wasn't there. Now I've got one with the poster. So there you go. So the other copies that I have will be on our eBay page very soon because I don't need three copies. Um, arriving any day now will be a Daypole Dalek playset unopened. It contains eight Daypole Daleks, some of which you can only get in the set, which is really nice. So that's all for now. Stay tuned. Uh, I will be doing another uh, YouTube video of the collection, like in a, a box. You know, here's, here's what's in this box. Here's what is in this area of the, the room or outside the room. And that way you can, I can get more of the collection out there so people can see what's going on. People have been very, uh, very supportive of that. So just check out, the, go to YouTube, search for the Doctor Who Collectors podcast, or there'll be a link on our website. You can do that. And uh, there we go. I am, uh, by the way, officially closing the door here on a search for the third impression of Space War. Um, there is no evidence that there was a printing. Uh, even Paul Smith, who wrote me uh, the other day, who writes that other wonderful book, says he has absolutely zero evidence of that. Um As of now, there are two impressions of that hardcover, a first and a second. Still a little bit of an argument as to when the second edition came out. Uh, Paul Smith suggests 1977. My other information suggests 1979. Uh, Both are possible. So, um, of course, that's that's how that goes. If you have any leads, of course, or information that leads to conclusive proof of any edition that we don't cover please send us uh, an email at Who collectors podcast at gmail.com with the, with the photos. Mostly it's the, the spine cover, the spine photo for a Wingate reprint because that shows what was put on the spine. Uh, is it Wingate longbow, W. H. Allen longbow, W. H. Allen. There's been no evidence of any of those Wingate titles coming out as when W. H. Allen, but also no evidence of any Wingate title after 1975, nine, excuse me. So that's, that's really important. Uh, I love talking to collectors. I'll be setting up some shows with with collectors here, so if you want to share your story here as a guest host, just contact me at the same email, who collectors Podcast at gmail.com. On today's show, I will be talking with actor Tim Traylor, and he plays the third doctor on Big Finish, and you'll love to hear the story of how he got the part um, and who actually um, kind of made it happen it was really quite high up the doctor who royalty ladder there for someone to to bring tim into the ranks and of course Tim and Katie Manning are amazing together they're both very good friends of mine now Tim Tim was wonderful i really enjoyed the conversation so stay tuned for that that was a really good talk uh currently feedspot if you're not on feedspot uh feedspot has us ranked as number 33 at the top 90 Doctor Who podcasts. I wanted to correct that because I accidentally said 23, which would have been nice, but I had actually miswrote it when I was making my notes. We are 33 out of 90, which is still pretty good. I'm, I'm very pleased that we made the ranking because there are a lot of podcasts not on that list. So I'm, I'm very pleased for that. Um, I want to thank our patrons. Those are the people that keep the lights on, keep the microphones working, keep the recorder uh, charged up with batteries and all that wonderful stuff. So if you want to see exclusive video material, including the video interview with Tim Traylor, uh, you can go to our Patreon page, subscribe at the $15 level, or you can subscribe at the $10 level and get one day early access to all these podcasts. And uh, also special videos that I do of the collection, special talks that I do, anything, any convention virtual videos that are only done at conventions, I can post on my Patreon page. So just check that out. You can go to patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors podcast. If you'd like to support us anywhere else, you can support us at Podbean. We are a Podbean podcast. So drhucollectors.podbean.com Click the Patreon button, you can support us at a dollar, or a hundred, or a thousand, or a million, whatever you feel comfortable with. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by our good friend, Fraser Hines. You, of course, can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, except for Spotify. But you can also find us at Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. We are a Direction Point Network podcast, directionpoint.org. All right, my first, uh, my first uh, segment here on my time, this is my time where I get a chance to talk about anything I want. So before I do that, I'm going to take a little sip of tea here because my, I want to keep my voice going. I don't stop the microphone for those things. But anyway, I want to talk about um, just a couple of things here about people getting scammed and uh, price gouging, which I've talked about before um that is a process basically price gouging in my opinion is is a problem in doctor who collecting it is people that buy up entire stocks of doctor who items like they the, maybe bnm figures or vinyl records or things from sainsbury's or whatever and then they turn up on ebay at eight times the price and that is just unfair to the hundreds and thousands of people that want to collect Doctor Who and want to get these items in their collection or to enjoy them or to play the records or to play with the figures, and you end up spending 500 a 600 $1,000 for these crazy people that aren't even, most of the time, they're not even Doctor Who fans. And very few Doctor Who reputable dealers have been in business before the new series, I just want to say, you know, such as the uh, the Who Shop of London, Who North America, Alien Entertainment, are all three stores that have been around since before the new series, and they are very reasonable with their prices. Um, I've even had conversations with Nicholas Briggs from the Big Finish podcast where he said it really did bother him that that vinyl records that they had a deal with Sainsbury's ended up on eBay uh, because American people wanted to get those records and they were paying nine times the price. And I said, well, you know, why don't you guys make a deal with Walmart? You know, they they said they tried and it's just not not the same uh, apparently over here. So, you know, I I give them bonus points for trying and for sympathizing. Um, But. Also, people getting scammed is another thing, too, where you you see, hey, I'm going to pay for this wonderful item on Facebook. And they take your money and you never see the item. And of course, you have no recourse because you don't have any protection um, from your payment unless you used uh, PayPal purchase protection. But then when you file a claim, you better have proof that you made the, you know, sometimes the Facebook profile disappears. And so you don't have proof. And it's a really hard thing to do. So I would say, you know, if you're if you're worried about a purchase, if you're worried about, um, you know, buying something online that you've never bought before, or that I would say just don't. You know, get a lot of information, get a lot, get somebody else to to say, hey, does anybody know this person? Has anybody bought from this person? There's plenty of Facebook groups. You know, the Doctor Who Target Book Group, the Braxiatel Collection, the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast Page. Um, on Facebook. You can find those and just post a, a note here. Here, who's this person's name? Does anybody know this person? Um, I, would, I, you know, the, the reputable people uh, on Facebook, you know, El This Pagan, uh, David Russell, Dale Santos, all very reputable people. David J. Howe, of course, sometimes sell things. He's very reputable. Um, those are names I would personally buy from and be certain that you're not going to get scammed. But, It's happened, you know, I've, I've read so many posts about, you know, I lost 300 pounds and I lost the $200 and I'm like, that is so sad. I mean, that is just, that would just really put me in a, you know, and, and back of course in, in, in the day when I was collecting Dr. Who in the early part of my um, life, there was no such thing as Facebook or internet Uh, we did everything via pen pal you know i wrote to i wrote to my friends in england and i said hey can you get me a da 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 and they said yeah i'll look and then they would basically buy it and they would they would basically sell it to me for the exact price they paid plus i cover their postage and a little bit of their petrol or gas and i would still get it for an amazing price and i would just I would mark it up just a little bit to make money and be able to invest more, and you know we we did it the old-fashioned way. That's business 101. You know that's that's you know I didn't buy the entire stock and then charge eight times the uh, retail. That's just crazy. Of course you're even buying at retail and you're charging eight times the retail. You're not even getting it wholesale. Um, that was a nice thing about being a business back in the day. Is I bought a lot of things wholesale. You know I got my Tardis tin banks for or half off because we bought them as part of a order and I was able to buy them from the store at cost you know that was really a nice perk but you don't have to open up a store to to enjoy these deals you know if you're looking for you know rare items or you know and people have 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 said you know I post a lot of my um, sorry random thoughts anyway I, I was on Instagram our Instagram page is doctor who collectors podcast and some people had actually commented that they're envious of my collection. I said, oh, well, don't be envious. You know, we're put in the work. This is 43 years. You know, that's four decades of collecting Doctor Who. I didn't start yesterday. I started back in 81, and I didn't even know I was doing it back in 81. I just kind of kept it going, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. It really is. If it makes you happy, then, then it can't be that bad, according to Cheryl Crow. So um, that's that's what it is all about. You know, I do have some wonderful things in my collection, some things that People can't get. You know, my Web of Fear Target book, which only seven were made, you know, not bad. I've got a Dennis Fisher TARDIS that's in pretty good shape. The doors broke off, but that's normal for that toy. Uh, I do have a Cyberman uh, Dennis Fisher in the box. I've got a couple of good talking Daleks. I've got, uh, I've got a remote control K9. I've got uh, some pretty cool stuff. I mean, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'll be sharing all that with you uh, in videos, you know, and and being, you know, where can I, how can I help you if you're having trouble finding something? You know, you can always contact me. I'll I'll do my best to keep a lookout for you, you know, but. Keep in mind, I'm a collector. So, you know, I, I, I have friends in those areas. I know people. Uh, I've made friends over the years. I've, I've made contacts. I've made network connections. And, you know, I've got favorite eBay sellers. I've got people I know that are legitimate. I've got eBay sellers that aren't even Doctor Who dealers. That, you know, like uh, the the guy who in, in the Netherlands found me the Dutch copy of Doctor Who and the Daleks with the dust jacket. He doesn't sell Doctor Who items, he sells books. Uh, or my friend, uh, Kristen at Quirky Queen's Books. She's always looking. She takes in books all the time, but if she gets a Doctor Who book, I'm the first person she talks to. Um, my Radio Times connection has stopped at Kelly's Books, uh, Kelly, Kelly Retired, so I'm always on the lookout for there. Uh, I've given my advice, you know, if you, there's something you want to get a better price on and it's a buy it now situation on eBay, click Add to Watch List. Guaranteed within 24 hours you'll get a, a price break and you can start negotiating. Uh, because that happens all the time i get those every day even the ones i'm watching for research purposes i get offers but i don't need to jump into those so there you go um it's it's really quite um quite amazing to me that there's there's so many things going on and that's just how it how it is you know um, the doctor who collecting it's a very very it's a passion run thing if you love it keep doing it i'm not here to make money You know, one day when I retire and it will happen one day when I decide to put the whole collection up for sale and somebody else can enjoy this wonderful um, collection and I can put that money towards uh, retirement, which is nice, you know, but or maybe not. Maybe I won't make as much money on it. I don't know what's going to happen. So there you go. Anyway, that is my time for today, and so uh, stay tuned for our most outrageous offer. Of course, we always have that. Our main story, our interview with Tim Traylor, coming up right after these words from Direction Point. Stay tuned. Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. For nearly seven years and more than five hundred episodes, we've traveled from one end of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different Doctors. Reviewing everything from TV stories to audio plays, from books to comics, and more. Sean, Keith, and Glenn take you on a journey through 50 plus years of Doctor Who episodes and spin-off materials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to check us out. And now we're a proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast? Keep collecting.
2: We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the Target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book talking about Terrence Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to the Doctor Who Collector's Podcast. Keep collecting. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes and through the eyes of a new who fan reminisce and relive those classic moments with nathan as he offers fun insight or experience them for the first time with
1: Juliet as she dwells on social issues history fashion and the size of a flashlight
2: we're the time streams podcast
1: find us on spotify stitcher or apple podcasts you're listening to the doctor who collectors podcast keep collecting
2: Maybe the Brigadier left the taps running.
0: This is an ocean world.
2: I'm not sure I like it. So endless and empty. Get her some dry clothes. She doesn't like me. Don't worry. She doesn't like me either. (laughs) Well, that makes me feel a little better. I'm Sarah.
0: I was curious as to how your little project was coming along.
2: It's hardly a little project. If we're successful, UNIT will be able to mesh the world's radar stations together into a single advanced early warning system.
0: I suppose that's useful.
2: I was listening for the screaming, but then I heard that. It's at the hatch. <laughs> Give us your trauma. <laughs> Give us your tears. <laughs> Doctor, this is insane!
0: I said I'd never go near this dratted contraption.
2: They're coming through!
0: Hold on as if your life depends on it. Because it
2: does! up there is the scanner
1: those are the doors that is a chair with a panda on it Sheer poetry dear boy and now it's time for our main story on the doctor who collectors podcast when i started watching doctor who in september 27th 1975 and the man that appeared on my screen was john Pertwee as doctor who i never stopped watching the show 48 years later i still watched the show and it was just a big impression on me as as a young fan In 1985, I got to meet John Pertwee and had a conversation with him, and it was like a dream come true in my life. I bought his book, Moon Boots and Dinner Suits, directly from him, and he signed it in front of me. Sadly, John passed away in 1996, but played the third doctor not only during the 70s run, but in many appearances after that run. My guest today is Tim Trelor and he plays the third doctor for Big Finish Productions. And I've personally never heard a better voicing of John Pertwee's voice than his. Welcome to the podcast,
0: Tim. Thank you very much, Larry. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, what, a, what a lovely introduction. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, of course, my first question, did you ever
1: get to meet John Pertwee in your life?
0: unfortunately i didn't know um obviously I, I i know quite a bit about him through the likes of katie and uh, oh yes, yes and richard franklin but um no sadly i i didn't get to meet him though no. i've met um a few quite a few of the other doctors having worked with them yeah. uh so um uh tom baker and colin baker yes. and uh, Paul McGann, sylvester mccoy um uh, yeah uh, i've got quite a few connections with doctors. actually my first agent um, her grandfather was uh, William Hartnell, um, mm. and I my first theatre job for the Royal Shakespeare Company was with David Trouton.
1: Oh wow! Wow! Yes. Yeah. So you've you've got those connections, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I I um my my meeting with John Perkew was completely accidental. Um, in '85, we had this large convention here in Chicago uh, called TARDIS 22. And there were 20 Doctor Who guests that were invited to this thing. It was a huge, it was the first big event ever done. And I was, uh, I had a shop here called Bundles from Britain. So I used to, I used to sell Doctor Who items. uh, And we had a table at the convention. And of course, Saturday morning, the doors opened. And the first person through the door was John Pertwee. And he walked right up to our table and looked down and said, look at all this stuff. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just and picked up a copy of uh, Cave Monsters and held it up and said, Do you think the likeness is good? And oh, and just isn't. and just kept and went on. a. We were just, uh, of course, I should let you know, my, my partner at the time, you know, very well, it was Gene Smith. Yeah, uh, back in the day. So yeah, we're both standing there with our jaws on the floor uh, with John perkwe in front of us. And then it lasted about five minutes before his uh, handler found him and said, Mr. Perkwe, you've got an autograph session that started without you. And he's like, but, I want to see, but he's like, but I want to see here. I want to see this He's like, later, later. So they, they dragged him out. And I still have um, that copy of the book that he uh, that he sold me here. Uh, and it's it's a it's a wonderful book. I know I sent you the, the title uh, to add to your reading list a while yes. back. But but it, it is one of the most uh, there are so many funny stories in here. His career started with nobody could pronounce his name. And, really? yeah, in the opening, the opening line here, he said uh, he kept it being called Jan. And yeah. he's like, who's Jan? And they said, yeah, you, Jan Putrid. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, Putrid. So he had quite a bit of those of those stories. Um, yeah. But uh, l- let me just ask right away. How did you develop the voice of the third doctor? Because I've, I've listened to it. and I'm like, sometimes I'm, I'm closing my eyes and I cannot distinguish if it, it could have been John Perkway speaking it or I'm, or are you speaking it so how did you develop that
0: well it came from um my first ever job for, for big finish actually was in destination nerva which oh yes yes fourth doctor uh story with tom baker and uh, i was playing a victorian zombie lord an imperialist hmm. who was uh, out there conquering space for the british empire as, as as you do, and um, so I had this sort of quite quite sort of very sort of posh voice for him, very sort of fair because he was quite he was quite evil. But I thought so. I thought instead of doing um, a, a, a mustache twirling villain, I thought I'd do something more um, dastardly and um, uh, quite sort of light. And um, and Tom said to Nick during the call he said. Um, who do you he sound like, he sounds like someone, he sounds like someone, they couldn't work it out. And then suddenly during the middle of a recording session, she went, it's John, it's John, it's John. So wow. it, it, came from the, it came from that really. And then eventually, here I am today, after having been asked, I think in 2014, to start doing The the, the Third Doctor, which was I think their first recast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was felt that a respectful time had passed. Yes, um, And so obviously I've developed it from then. Um, by watching videos and listening to clips, and so I'm always still. Every time I record a, a Third Doctor episode, um, I'm always looking for new little nuances and <laughs> um, new approaches to the the character. Uh, trying to find the softness at certain times, and um, just trying to re- recreate somehow that wonderful voice of his. And I'm not an impressionist, um, right? Right. So. Um, I, I, you know, I'm well aware it's not um, an exact replication, and I, I, I probably wouldn't want it to be because um, I think if you try and uh, exactly replicate someone's voice, then you lose the acting as well. So right, right, uh, it's, it's more the essence of of his voice uh, and of his of his doctor that I'm trying to uh, tap into. So, so yeah, that's it wow. really? That's that's incredible,
1: and that, of course, you know, I I, I know it's not a, you know I, to be you know and you're right to be exact would be you know would lose some of what you put into the to the roles and I've listened to many of the adventures where you voice the role, uh, and it's it's really quite you know for me of course you know John was my doctor growing up, yeah. and uh, I still have a strong connection to that. Um, so uh, of course, how did and then of course getting how did you get in with Big Finish in the first place? Well, I was, at, um, I was at a party, I think,
0: um, in a park. And John Dorney, oh, who yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, writes, to be finished script edits and acts in, in some of the uh, productions. He was, I think, a couple of years above me in, in drama school. And he came up to me, and said, you won the Carlton Hobbs competition, didn't you? A Carlton Hobbs competition is a, is a competition run by the BBC Radio Drama Company mm-hmm. uh, for new graduates. <clears throat> and I was lucky enough to be one of the winners of it, which gave me six month contract with BBC radio. Nice. Um, and so he said, Oh, we must get you in for big finish. And a few months later I got a my agent called me and said, um, would you like to be in destination over? So, um, with Tom Baker, which was great. Cause he was my doctor. Tom, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So that was a buzz, obviously meeting him for the first time mm-hmm. and, uh, and doing that. And it came from there. It's just sort of snowballed and I've been very lucky. And, um, it's all about chance, isn't it, and luck, and right time, right place, and all that sort of stuff.
1: Usually is. That's how I when I when I meet wonderful people like yourself. It's usually because I'm happen to be where I'm at and say, oh wow, hey, you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, of course, it also helps that Lauren Cornelius was a big advocate for me. So that was uh, yeah. she, she. She was she and I connected a few years ago, and uh, it was really nice to 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 meet you all. At, at, and by the way, it was uh, meeting you at Chicago TARDIS. Uh, what what was your impression of that
0: convention? Oh, I loved it i i I went before in two thousand yes yes um but obviously we had covid and stuff after that
1: right and
0: right. um yeah, and going back was was wonderful fantastic i I always love these conventions i, I love there. I love meeting people there and being around the fans and it's just such a warm and friendly and and generous environment, and particularly in the states
1: yeah, um, yeah. it was
0: particularly yeah. generous there.
1: Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's it's my it's my home convention. I've been part of that for many, many, many years. Yeah. And uh, it's a wonderful place to be. And just having, uh, uh, you know, just going into Big Finish Island in the de- dealer's room is a really amazing yeah. thing. They, they- and being
0: they- in Chicago is a lovely, beautiful city. Um, I spent a long time, well, not long time, I spent about a week after the last convention well, exploring good. Chicago, having some of your famous pizza pie there. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, so that was, that was... Uh, that was great. In fact, at the last convention, someone bought some pizza and they said, "Oh, Tim, do you want some pizza?" I said, "I'd love to, but I'm gluten-free now." Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I cheated on that particular occasion. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't resist. Uh, you can't uh, eat
1: a Chicago pizza if you eat your uh, knife, a knife and a fork, and you're you're, uh, you're in heaven. It's a it's uh, a great uh, thing. It's one of the reasons I, I love living. I've lived here my whole life. It's just a wonderful right. wonderful thing. I'll um, say of course you uh, I've I've actually known Katie Manning since 1985 we've kept in correspondence ever since then and so um
0: she's she's such a dynamic person but how how is it working with her oh it's just wonderful I mean she's a baller she's just a she's just a firework she's um that never stops that never stops going <laughs> yeah she's, she's <laughs> just a, one, just a wonderful person she's so um just gentle and generous spirit she's such a giving loving woman and um she's been such a such an ally and um a, a, a wonderful help for me um encouraging me and telling me stories about john um mm-hmm. well, on particular lines she'll look at me and say oh he would do it like using this gesture because obviously i know we're on um we're on audio However, you still have to put some sort of physical acting into that. So there'll be either yeah. hands on hips or the the, the the tap of the on the chin and the or yes. the, the, and the musing and the hand behind the neck. So, so she yeah, she'll help yeah, you with yeah. that. She, she's just wonderful and um, she yeah she's um, she's a massive ball of life, isn't she? She's yes. Oh gosh.
1: Yes. Oh, I know. She, she, uh, of course, just, just uh, when I got to know her back, she came to the convention in the '80s, and she gave me her home address and said, "Write me." Uh, so I did. Yeah. And then, as years and technology improved, uh, we follow each other on Twitter now, so we write Twitter messages back and forth. And of uh-huh. course, every time she comes to Chicago, she makes time to spend with me, which is really nice. So it was, yeah. it was really great. She's just. Uh, and of course she wasn't, uh, yeah, she was my first, uh, my first doctor who episode, uh, was the mutants part one. That was, uh, oh, Chica- yes. Chicago showed them out of order. Uh, wow. they didn't, nobody sent them a program guide or anything. They just sent the, the film and said, okay, this is the order we got them in. So they showed yeah. them mutants and then they went to ambassadors of death and then they went to Inferno. Yeah. So we got Katie Manning on the first, on the first, uh, oh,
2: gosh,
1: volley. And, cool. uh, what a, it was just a, an amazing, uh, Pairing those two yeah. uh, for Doctor Who, I think even even though I love Carol and John too, she yeah. she was great, and uh, you know Liz Sladen later, but the Joe Grant years, and and now of course, um, the third Doctor's popularity is even more strong with the re- new release of that Blu-ray series that just came out yes. or just announced. Yes. Yeah, um, starting with Day of the Daleks and Curse of Peladon and some of these great cool. stories uh that have been remastered and recolored and re- redone. And Katie just did a wonderful trailer for that. And of course, right. that means more people are. And I and I know this from talking with Jason uh, at Big Finish, that the third Doctor Adventure series that you're part of is a very popular
0: series. Yes, I, that's great for me. Uh, long may, long may continue. And um, yeah, of course, and the Mutants is one of the. Um, one of the stories that I use to get into the voice. Oh, I've yeah, got Several clips on my phone uh that I'll go into on in the studio because that's a great story. I mean, my favorite is the demons.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's also a good one.
0: Um oh. so yeah, so the mutants I know very well. And okay. um yeah, it's great that uh the Third Doctor is is so popular. Um it means that we keep making new stories, which is fantastic. I think we're gonna record another one. In a month or so. I, well, I'm going to see Katie. I, th- I think she's doing Gallifrey. I'm doing a LA Gallifrey. Yes, Ray, yes, maybe, yes. A week. I think she's going to that. So yes. I'll have her hanging around me for the, for about four days. <laughs> <What> <laughs> you'll, get, you'll, in
1: you'll be awake for the whole weekend. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My my favorite John Porterey story is Day of the Daleks. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, and one of the reasons is that it he has one of the greatest lines That he ever delivers as he becomes the time lord in that in that episode when he finds out that it's a a temporal paradox and he says you're captain a temporal paradox you you know, he's like shaking his fist at him. It's like now I gotta fix this because yeah. <laughs> you messed this up, and, and it's like this yeah. this I'm on this. And of course, he stands with that with that cape and the and the. Yeah. It's just, um, just just one of the one of the reasons I thought, wow, that is the Doctor. He really came out in and of course in in Jan, on January first, nineteen seventy, the very first issue of Radio Times that came out was him on the cover. Uh-huh. This is this is the actual Radio Times. Yeah. Um, and so he came out uh, in full color, not the first time. I mean, Patrick Troughton was on a cover uh, color in 68, but yeah. this was, this was uh, a, a pretty amazing thing because on the listing, uh, it, they, and it's hard to show on the screen, but it says color, new series in bold letter because Doctor Who was the first time in color. Yeah. You know, we, we, we regenerated so hard it came into color and yes. uh, it, was, it was really quite something. And of course his image then became very iconic uh, the first uh the first book released was the Auton Invasion uh by the late Chris Achilios. Uh did his image there. And of course, his his marketing even continued. Uh this is I don't even know if you're aware of this gem here, but this is the John Perkwee book of monsters. Oh no, <laughs> It's not a it's not really? a Doctor Who book. It's it's no. just it's his musings on on monsters. And oh, wow. <laughs> so this came out um I think just a couple of years before his passing. But uh, did you ever um, get to listen to? Uh, you know, he kind of did something unique. Uh, John was part of a couple of radio broadcasts that were kind of pre-big finish, uh, "The Paradise of Death" and "The Ghosts of End Space," uh, and he did them the same year he passed away. It was like his last appearance as the Doctor. Have you ever heard those?
0: That's the. I've uh, heard them. I, I, I'm aware of them. Yeah, um, they just yeah, came out me. with a
1: with a vinyl collection of those, and of course, uh, you know uh, Nicholas Briggs and yes, Elizabeth Sladen right. are in the. Oh no, sorry, not Nicholas Briggs. Nicholas Courtney, Nicholas I was trying to yeah, get yeah. getting my Nicholas's mixed up. Uh, Nicholas. we're, we're in that as well, and it was his. It turned out to be his last appearance yeah. as the Doctor, and and right. actually actually gave the and it kind of made the um the the idea for Big Finish a few years nice. later because in ninety nine they came out with. All the big finish stories yeah so um one of the one of the people you work with who also does an amazing voice is john coleshaw yes and one of the things about the third doctor is that the third doctor and the brigadier are inseparable during those years so Of course, when I heard the first time when you and John Colshaw were were interacting, I thought, man, we are back in time. We are back to that era. So it was very moving for me. So I was wondering if you got the same reaction from fans about those interactions.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. When it was announced that John was um, because over here, um, John is is um, is famed as, um, you know, just a a world class um, impressionist. But he's also. very fine actor as well yes yes which helps and it wouldn't be enough if he was just just an impressionist doing it he's actually a a brilliant actor as well and And lovely yeah he's got the Um, voice really dead on i mean it's it's amazing he's amazing he's just amazing and he he loves doing the voices you just say oh do this voice do donald trump or do this one and he's happy to do it he recorded (laughs) um i couldn't go to my friend's birthday party it was his 50th and i got john to record an apology in Donald Trump's voice, um, <laughs> to my friend, which was just wonderful. I mean it was wonderfully. I I I thought like, I'm a bit I feel a bit cheeky asking asking you, John, but this will make his day. And he Oh yes, of course, of course. What else do you want me to do? Do you want me to do again do, me to do it again? He was so he's so giving. He's just a lovely and he's full of we're always laughing, John and I in the in the studio.
1: Yeah, that just Sounds like you guys have amazing chemistry when you work together. And that's yeah. uh, that's that's really something, and it's really uh, when I I look forward to those uh, those stories, um, so I've got to ask since we're on the we're on the collectors podcast. Do you have any Doctor Who items in your home?
0: Yes, I do. Ah. <laughs> do you mean
1: original ones? um okay. Well, let me Bes- think. I mean, besides your uh, your comp copies of CDs, I know you yes. got those. Yeah. I've
0: got I've got, <laughs> I've got some um, uh, some artwork that's been given to me oh. um, from various. Various artists who have illustrated for Doctor Who. I got a plate from um uh think. Sergeant Benton. Oh,
1: John Levine. Um, yeah, John, John Levine. Yeah,
0: Levin. yeah. He um he <laughs> we were at the studio once and we were um, we were having lunch and I hadn't finished my lunch and he took my plate away from me in in his excitement to help out and, and to clean up. I was like, yeah, <laughs> we're doing unfinished. And he I, I think he thought I was serious which I wasn't I was just missing and um the next uh week um uh, a friend of mine was doing a play near where John lives and um she came back with this plate saying I'm so sorry doctor here's your plate back <laughs> uh, the so that's that's in my um whether well, it's signed the actual plate was signed. yeah yeah that, that's at home yeah um whereas I think I've got bits and pieces I mean I'm not at home if I was at, if I was at home now in my um Oh, sure. Room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got that. I've got that. Yeah. yeah um, so I've got a few. Not not as, not as many as you have, but clearly. Oh, um, well, one of, which-
1: one of my one of my prize things, it's over. It's hard to see. But on the wall over here, this is the original artwork uh, by Frank Bellamy for the 71 Radio Times cover for Day of the Daleks. Wow. And uh, I managed to get a hold of that. The The other the other John Pertwee thing that's very hard to find is his first um, annual
0: oh wow look at that
1: this came out in 1969 late 69 early 70 when it's uh, got
0: 60 or it's got the 60s all over it isn't it oh
1: yeah it's uh it's pink and it's uh wonderful it's very these these are very very sought after um Mm. a a lot of the stuff from his era is is now extremely collective i've got puzzles and yeah. I, I'm considered one of the largest Doctor Who collectors in the country. I'm not sure if that's really? true, but uh, David J. Howe says so. So I thought I'll I'll take him. Wow. He's he's the biggest collector wow. in England. Have, but, have you got enough room? Have you, have you got a massive house? I I, I have a good, good sized house. This is my my room though. I'm I'm limited to this room. So okay, <laughs> I don't want it to spill. I don't want it to spill out. But uh, no no you no, know, no. It's it's really it's 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 been it's been fun. I've been I've been collecting since 1981, and I started my first the first thing I ever bought was a book. Uh, called Day of the Daleks, of course, the Target book. Yes. and I got the, one of the last things that Chris Achilios did for me is he did a print of the cover and 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 signed it to me. And I realized he did it one month before he died, so um, it, it's really meaningful to me. And I, in yeah. fact, in a, in a few episodes, I have uh, his uh, widow, Tasha Achilleos, will be on the program to talk about his artwork and because uh, he he did he drew all those. I mean, like uh, like the Auton invasion. I just I'll put that back up for the viewers here the the um the he drew the the artwork that basically sold these books yeah and, it, and this came out in 74. so this is um yes. you know for for you know i was i was uh, we didn't even get doctor who uh items in the united states until 1980
0: 81. is that uh, one of the target books yeah yeah i used That's to have i mean at christmas yeah i used to, I, I remember i had some of the it was all. The, they were all the Tom Baker ones. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think they just disappeared. And I had the Doctor Who annuals as well. Um, but I, they've disappeared in the mists of time and various moves and house moves and things like that i wish i still had them because i'd get Ah. them
1: oh yeah yeah uh actually well one of my um i just had peter purvis on the program uh not long ago and i asked him the same question and he said i'll I'll share the story again since you haven't heard it but i said did you ever take anything with you from the he said yeah i did and then i threw it away and he said he actually owned the trilogic game from the celestial toy maker Really? Yeah. The, he actually the, had
0: the rights Yeah, it, the oh. actual
1: game. Yeah, he got to take it home. The designer said, yeah, we're just going to chuck it. So, yeah, go ahead. He said it was all hand-carved wood pieces and all oh, that. Yeah. And he used to play it in the corner of his home. But then he attributed it to um, after, well, he got essentially fired from Doctor Who with a new producer. Right. And then he had trouble getting work. And so he kind of attributed that trilogic game to the curse of not getting work. So he threw threw it away. And the very next day he got called for blue Peter. Oh, well, so
0: he
1: he said, he said, it's, he said it's absolute rubbish that I thought that way, but, you know, he's, I, I told I had to tell him that if he had kept it, he probably could have retired on it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he would really have. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's uh, that's really something. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and oh, no. When I was doing my research uh, for this interview, I realized you have been in so many TV projects that I've watched and I had to go rewatch them. So you were in uh, Foil's War, A Touch of Frost. Inspector Lewis, Midsummer Murders, Silent Witness, Father Brown, Call the Midwife, and one of my favorites, Why didn't they ask Evans? <laughs> so I haven't seen that yet, actually. Oh, it's 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 very good. It's very good. And yeah. um the title confused me for the first two episodes, and then I finally got it at the very end. And I thought, oh, but of course I went back and rewatched a bunch of these and I thought, man, of course, you know, i I've I've, I've I've seen you in so many different things. Did you have a favorite TV project?
0: Um. Oh, that's a very hard question. Oh. I've done so. I couldn't say. I couldn't single out one really. Um. But I mean, I've done things like I did a Nordic noir. You know, the sort of uh, the Scandi dramas, mm-hmm. and I got flown out to Oslo and then to the West Indies, which was fantastic. Playing a um, uh, an assassin in that that was that was great fun um it's very hard to sort of pinpoint one down actually I've okay. a lot of fun in a lot of them it depends on the part as well if it's uh sure sure it's a nice, easy part that does help and if you feel that you're part of the production and you're there for days on ends as opposed to just going in for one or two days right um, but I mean my 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 um my bread and butter really is is theater okay and, um, okay theaters where I've um I've worked I mean sadly because obviously the money's not as good but, um, right, right. <laughs> yeah. but you're working for longer periods of time, which is a bonus. And you're, um, I mean, I'm trained, I'm a classically trained actor, so right, right. theatre, I guess, is the the obvious thing I was going to be doing. Um, but yeah, uh, I've just, I've been, I've had a charmed career. I've had down times, and uh, but a lot of good times. And obviously, COVID has uh, yes. put me to a lot of a lot of work. Uh, we're still recovering from that, obviously. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's um it's just good, good to be working, to be honest. Um when you're not working, it's pretty horrible because um you sort of validate yourself by right. being right. asked to do uh asked to do work for people. So um it's it's a it's a tricky career, it's difficult, but it's how you manage it, I think, um, in your head. And um just to accept the fun times i i for instance i i kind of fell out of love with theater for a few years um for various reasons and then having not then not working in theater for two years with covid suddenly getting another job last year theatre, i suddenly found my love again of it wow. um so that's uh was very you know that was, that was that was a very happy thing for me to 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 refine that we discover that sort of passion for theater and stuff but i just love to work you know yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah
1: i i have friends who who became actors and the first thing they always come back and say is that you know do something else because this is a very difficult profession, yeah. because it's feast or famine, and sometimes yeah. more famine than feast. Yeah, And, you know, I've, I've had the same, uh, you've, you've actually, you've, you've been, you've said the same thing that that Peter Purvis told me, because, you know, he was an actor mm. in the 60s. And he said it was even yeah. harder. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, I talked with Sadie Miller, who graduated yeah. drama school, and then went to work at a call center. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. because it just it's, uh, or uh, I always think of uh, Patrick Swayze, who waited tables, uh, you know, yeah. in, in this country, yes. before he got Anything and, um, but it's it's really something to hear that because I, I I I I you you clearly love what you do and I always thought theater actors should be paid more than TV actors because it's harder work you got to memorize more lines you you don't get retakes you know no. things like that and, and so yeah. that's wonderful I'm gonna move to your big finish stories you already talked about Destination Nerva which was your first big finish appearance and then you actually did a uh, one with Sylvester McCoy called uh, Gods and Monsters. Yes, which you played the ancient one. Yes, so that was fun. And then you worked with uh, you were in the Burning Prince with Peter Davison. Yes, you played the Lord President in Dark Eyes with Paul McGann, and Uh uh, and then you did get to work with Peter Purvis in the Return of the Rocket Men.
0: Right. Yeah. Just just
1: Peter and I. That was that was right. Yeah. I I thought what a and Peter is such an amazing guy. I I had a, a long conversation with him, and I just learned so much about um you know I, I i the first question i asked him was of course your, your first appearance in doctor who was a dalek story so how are the daleks he goes oh they were absolute rubbish <laughs> he's like when you rehearse it's a guy uh, the dalek yeah. is a, it's a half guy and so there's no terror there's no fear yeah. he says it's hard and and they take up more studio space than you know yeah, it's yeah. Like, like three feet okay. of space and they take up all of it so yeah. he said it was just it was just you know terrible but he is um, he is
0: lovely peter i mean that, that was another joy because <clears throat> obviously i grew up with blue peter and oh, yeah. it was him and john noakes and valerie singleton and leslie judd they were sort of my era so when i found out i was doing a two-hander with peter purvis i was like wow you'll be a it's very rare i get starstruck you know um, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I yeah. You grew up with it. it, it you get because You should go, God, you're such a big part of my youth. And I, I was just so delighted when after the recording, you said, you're fancy going for a pint. And it was, <laughs> yeah, I wow, haven't yeah. got a pint with Peter Purvis. It's, it's I've
1: I've, uh, I've had that experience myself at Chicago Tardis when I I, I was there late at night. And I went into the bar and I sat down and and then somebody sat next to me and I look over and it's Peter Davison. So yeah. so he's like so I said, oh, can I buy you a beer? He goes, please do. Please do. Yes. <laughs> and we had a great conversation. It was yeah. uh, and just about, you know, not even about. <laughs> doctor who or work just to just to talk uh gotcha. and you know just to have that that opportunity yeah. uh, and of course i i you know in looking through the big finish catalog it looks like the first according to what i know and you may correct me if i'm wrong the first time you did the third doctor was a was a piece called light at the end yes and uh that yes. was, a couple, that of was a, light, a couple of lines
0: a couple, a of, couple lines, of lines yeah but um, kind of that was you your sure first it. uh
1: your first entry this is the uh the CD. They also did a very, a very nice uh, vinyl edition yeah. of that, and it's uh, mm. very, very nice. This one, this one, I think this one's signed by most of the people on the front cover here. Yeah, that is so. Uh, just, just a uh, amazing stuff, and of course, that's one of my favorite stories. Uh, you had, you know, of course, then you know that's when I think you become an official doctor. At this point, you are now the doctor. You were playing. No, not like doctor. the
0: end. Not a to the end. No, that right. was, um, <clears throat> they wanted to put in as many doctors as possible. So I think they put in a yeah. couple of lines and at that point, obviously, because I wasn't playing the doctor, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, with a couple of lines, it's very hard to do anything with. Right. Uh, right. Right. So what, what happened was okay, actual, uh, being asked to be, this, it was David Richardson. who's was one of mm-hmm. the producers. It's a big finish. He I <clears throat> was in New York really doing a theater show. I was doing um, a job with Frank Langella. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. King Lear. In, um, in New York. And I got a phone call one January morning and it was David Richardson, saying, hi, how do you fancy playing The Third Doctor? I went, what? I went, and because I was in New York and all that, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, just um, let me know uh, when you got everything sorted and we'll talk about it. And I forgot about it. And then suddenly uh, my agent rang and said, oh yeah, so you're going to go do a big finished production in a couple of weeks' time. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, playing The Third Doctor? What? What? And it was just, Complete panic. <laughs> complete panic um so i see that i went i went hell for leather doing the research and um and and big Finish made the, the the genius uh came up with a genius idea of instead of just the recast as the third doctor i played a um i played a narr- narrator and narrated yes. the story and then would do the voice almost like as though you're doing an audiobook or something like that mm-hmm um so that was a sort of gentle way in of um uh, testing the waters and yeah yeah fans reactions um and yeah luckily the fans by and large were because obviously i understand the reticence about recasting a a well beloved actor who's very iconic Mm -hmm. uh, and that's understandable um people being a bit uh concerned about that but um I've been very lucky, actually, with the reaction. And I think if I thought about that too much, I think I might have got cold feet.
1: Right, right, yeah. Because the the reaction is 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 very positive. And you know, in addition to yourself on that, Fraser Hines did the second doctor, and William Russell did the first doctor. Yes. So that's uh, and and I know William has done an amazing job. And of course, now Stephen Noonan does the first yeah. doctor, and he's brilliant at it, absolutely. Yeah. And Michael Trouton has taken over playing. Yeah. His father. Point. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, and of course, Frazier does a great tr- Patrick Trout. He's, he's a good um, yes, yes. voice himself. Yeah. Um And it, it's, it's one of my favorite stories, uh, light at the end. But I'm going to, you've got a lot of accomplishments with Big Finish. So I'm going to fast forward to the, to the, to the meat and potatoes here, so to speak. The third Doctor Adventures. That's, yeah, this Which one, one here. That? Sorry. This is the, uh, I think this is the first one. Um,
0: I don't think it's the first one unless it's been repackaged. Oh, maybe. So, the,
1: oh, maybe, maybe not. Oh, this is Conspiracy in Space, The Devil's Footprints. Oh, no, that, that's um, fairly recent. It's, oh, it's recent. Okay. Yeah. Because I got this one also with Robert Dawes, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I liked him. Uh, and
0: um, I, I love doing The Devil's Footprints because um, yeah, that's a story I remember from one of those old sort of ghost annuals I picked up at a charity. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And I remember reading about The Devil's Footprints. You know, it it did actually happen, this story about these these footprints going over roofs and into ridiculous places. So I loved doing that particular um, story.
1: Yeah, I listened to it. It was very, very, very good. And, of course, you've also got the talents of Katie Manning and Sadie Miller and John uh, Colshaw, along with some other very good actors in here. Just just an amazing. Of course, I'm, I'm reading here eight volumes of Third Doctor Adventures. That I think out. it's now ten. It's now ten. Yeah, there's I no more. So. I, think I think so. Because now we're we've got um, the annihilators coming out, the return of Joe Jones, and one title that hasn't been titled yet.
0: It's uh, right. Yeah. Oh, because we haven't recorded that. Because the annihilators should be out now. I yeah, think it is. Much. It is. Annihilators nice. is out. Joe and, Jones is about to come out, isn't it? I think Yes.
1: the return of Joe Jones is about to come out. And I think they're they're taking pre-orders on this, what they call to be announced. Oh, that's <laughs> to. So that's even better. So yeah, it's so definitely with that many, uh that many box sets uh and more to come. I I think I I think you're gonna be uh set for a while here with Big Finish. Well, I hope
0: so. I hope so. <laughs> I mean it's great. I mean, unfortunately we only you know we only get a chance to record, say two box sets a year, probably. Right. And then I'm gonna do another. Um, sort of random story. So, um, yeah, it's it's it's. I'd like to do more. I'd like to do, but unfortunately, you know. Well, it there are a... to consider. True. Yeah, <laughs> and, they're.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> I love being in the studio. It's, just, it's a joy to be in um, somewhere where being, um, if you like, sort of the principal cast. You know, whoever is the companion at the time, uh, and I love the, all three of them dearly and was John, we get to create the culture in the, and with Nick Briggs, obviously, we get to create the culture mm-hmm. of the working environment. And that means it's always going to be naughty and it's always going to be fun and it's always going to be irreverent. So that's 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 joyful as well. You know that you can go in and create a happy environment for for people. And and Nick Briggs facilitates that so well. Uh, sometimes Nick's, I'll, yeah. sometimes I'll go in tired or with a hangover or something like that. He'll start, <laughs> he'll start making me laugh. Off, and then the next thing is we're having just, just a lot of fun.
1: Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. No, Nick's a great guy. I, I, he's, he's yeah. come to Chicago a couple times and uh, we've, we've yeah. had some great conversations with him. Oh, um, yeah. Now, as far as your, uh, your other work here, uh, do you have a, a new TV project you're working on or anything that's going, going
2: that's coming yeah. out soon?
0: <clears throat> yeah, there's something coming out in the next um, on BBC, the next month or two, I think called Wolf,
2: Wolf. which okay. is a, uh,
0: Based on some novels, um, it's a, it's a police. It's about a policeman, um uh, it, 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 as well as solving the crimes. He's got a he's got a personal story involving his family, and my character um mirrors that because I've got a personal story involving a a family member. I I, I don't. I, I'm a bit scared about much to say that I get. I get no angry. no, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we, so, um, you don't have to. It's called Wolf. I'm in about... It's okay. six-episode thing. I think it's going to be brilliant. I think it looks really brilliant, really dark. And um, I'm in four of six episodes. I mean, a couple of scenes in each one, but that was a lot of fun doing that. And I'm, I'm doing a couple of movies at the moment, just a couple of um, small parts. Okay. Playing what I usually play uh, in movies, which is policemen. Uh yeah, policemen yeah. or detectives. So um, that's something i have be doing this January. Um, and then... Yeah. Next thing I think is Gallifrey. I think that's my next yep, uh, February. Yeah. My next bit of work. Uh, and then just hope the year unfolds with uh, something. I hope like, so too. Yeah. Maybe- Cause uh,
1: that's, that'll be fun. I've been, uh, I you know, kind of looking forward. And then fortunately now with, uh, with uh, Acorn TV and BritBox here in the United States, we get a lot of those things faster than yeah. we used to. It used to be, it used to take years before uh, yeah. Programs would come over. And I, I will say, you know, since you mentioned playing detectives, one thing
0: England does is they do detective shows very well.
1: Yeah. And, what's with uh, well, America.
0: Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's America. It's America. I mean, you know, I grew up on Kojak and Colombo. Yes. And yes. And, uh, <laughs> Nutsch, oh. Chicago. Is that Chicago, Starsky Nutsch?
1: Uh It might be. It might Where's be. I can't remember. I, I, can't, I can't remember. Uh, I watched that when I was a kid, uh, Starsky uh, and Hutch too. and Columbo. And uh, I still love Columbo and yeah. uh, all the uh, all the great detectives of, of America. But uh, I've, you know, I've been a big fan of, you know, like, you know, Inspector Morris, Inspector oh, yes. Lewis, yeah. uh, Dog Uh Now, yeah. I hope they get you on a a, a Death in Paradise
0: sometime. That oh, would I'd love to! Yeah. Oh God, over there! In the oh my God, that would be amazing. I think I've, I think I've auditioned for it once, but I didn't get it. Uh, um, but yeah, so I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be a great job. I
1: know because uh, Peter Davison talked about being on one. And he said it was great because they got to spend a week in the Car- in the Caribbean. Yeah. So it was
0: <laughs> amazing. And better okay. still. If you could insist not to fly, that you have to take a you have to take a cruise ship out of there, that would be even better, wouldn't it? Oh, it
1: would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, just because. Ah, uh, what a what a what a fun job. It's one of my it's one of my favorite go to uh, shows when I want to feel good because Death in yeah. Paradise is a really good sure. show. Yeah. Uh, so so many great stuff. Um. So, uh, Tim, how can uh, fans uh, find you on social media? Do you have a public persona?
0: Ooh. Um. Yeah. I'm on Twitter. Uh. Gosh. Do you know what? Because I. I I do. I do look at Twitter, but Twitter's such a blur. I'm sorry, it's a cesspit, isn't it? It's always. Oh, it, it, <laughs> it can be. A cesspit, but I, I only, I'm only on it to to connect with Doctor Who fans, actually. Right. Right. Um, so I'm at. It's at Tim 99 uh, I think. Okay, uh, we'll
1: we'll check that and make sure it's correct. on the uh, yeah. The so no problem, because I've I've got you. I follow you on Twitter, so I know we, we've. Oh, do you? Do I follow you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Doctor, oh, I do. Either, do I... either either podcast or myself personally, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we follow each other. Okay,
0: if it's not, if not it we'll is... fix that. Remind me. Yeah. Remind, <laughs> me, if I have, if I no remind me. No problem. No problem. Oh, I'm well. pretty good to my social media. That's something that actors are meant to do now. Is, yeah, yeah. Instagram and things like that. Um, I just I'm just the wrong generation. I think I just. That's I, uh,
1: I, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's tough for me too. I, I think we're close to that close in age as far as that goes because I, I did not grow up with that I, I i started uh i i was born in the late 60s so it was yeah, my yeah so that was my uh my, wait, my wait, wait, I was 69 um you I'm 68. Damn. Oh, so we're, 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 we're the exact same generation. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. I've been, yeah. And I, uh, Generation X, we're called. Yeah. Generation X. And uh, of right. course, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not a slave to my phone. So that's, uh, <laughs> I am now because
2: <laughs> of work. Well, because the
1: of work. work. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. My, I'm, I'm a teacher by day job.
0: Is it okay? My parents were teachers.
1: Oh, fantastic. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. that's I, why
0: I rebelled and become an actor. Oh, wow. Yeah. You
1: know, I, I, uh, I it's funny because i'm a music teacher and i'll i'll tell you i don't right. i'll tell you a quick story when i went to college i had two uh friends in the music department uh during my time uh at illinois state university and they both became very well-known actors now uh oh, really? so one is craig robinson oh yes yes and, uh, the uh, other was in the american office yes the american office and uh, the yeah. other one was sean hayes sean
0: hayes now i know that sean name. hayes
1: played uh, he was in will and grace
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. I don't really, I've not, really yeah. much, I he's know the name um, yeah, he's, he's he's more a... as well. Craig Robinson was in do little as well. I was. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. He uh, in that as well, isn't he? Yeah. He was a music major in,
1: in, in college. So really? he, yeah. <laughs> and I happened to be classmates with him. It was a lot of oh, fun. Wow. I love him uh, in
0: the office. I, I, I love yeah. That. He was great in the office and he, that's uh, my go-to. That's my go-to. You know, you said that death and Paradise, you're going, the American office is my American office go to if I just want something in the background saying like, and uh, Steve Carell is just incredible. <laughs> oh, he's amazing! And he, of
1: course, he did his uh, uh, he did his comedy training in Chicago.
0: Did he? Yeah, oh, of Ch- did uh, exactly. Second City. It. That's. Then my girlfriend keeps saying, "Oh, when you got to Chicago, you've got to go to this this improv." Yes, that, uh, I mean, I Second, around, so.
1: Yeah, Second City. Uh, that's where he he actually worked with uh, Stephen Colbert at oh, Second yeah. City. They were both, and of course, they were both on the Daily Show. later so that was it it, yeah so chicago's produced a lot of great oh yeah a lot of great actors a lot of great people in comedy and um and of course it's been a hub um it's been a big hub for doctor who since the early 80s when we had the very first uh big convention here in the early 80s that was where basically that's where you know when gene and i were together in that business he he started thinking about how he would do things and that's why he runs chicago tardis now so it's a lot of and uh what a great time um oh yeah. um, my guest today is tim traylor who voices the third doctor for big finish and you can find all of his recorded work at BigFinish.com. and when you call them tell them you heard about it on the doctor who collectors podcast tim thank you so much this was a great conversation thank you for being here today thank you for having me
0: larry it's you're been, welcome it's been it's been and uh,
1: you. oh thank you so much uh listeners stay tuned for the most outrageous offer the verboids are probably the best dirty joke in Doctor Who. They're
2: hermaphroditic plants. A lot of plants are. So there you but go. Yeah. Let's say it's based on science. No, they'll ship anything. There are probably 11 and handle shippers out there. You just have to drill a hole where his mouth is and you're all set.
1: You know God. he needs the room. I've seen it in pictures. I'm not saying you're not a fan. I'm saying you don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
2: Doctor Who gives a f- A drunken Doctor Who podcast for the end times. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Kilbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire who On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Keep collecting.
0: Hi, I'm Rupert Wu. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram.
2: Time Ram's a cruel mistress,
0: it's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast.
2: We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including... Dalton Hughes. And... Allison fitch You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Keep collecting!
0: my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil, against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power-mad conspirators, Daleks, Sontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt.
1: And now it's time for the most outrageous offer. Uh, okay, so if you hear my voice, I said so in the introduction, it's it's a little bit different from my interview with Tim Traylor because that was pre-recorded. But uh, I have a virus that kind of attacked the throat, so it's giving me a little bit of a vocal issues, but uh, stay with me here. Um, I'm talking about a book now that um, was a book called The Doctor Who, The TARDIS Handbook, The Official Guide to the Best Ship in the Universe by Steve Tribe. Uh, and one of the, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, just, uh, the TARDIS handbook. Uh, I don't have one of these. I actually am going to get one. Uh, you know, <laughs> I should get one anyway. Anyway, it was, it was released on May, 2010 by BBC books, uh, in hardcover. It was also issued in Russia, by the way, in July, 2018, uh, prior to that, uh, or after that, and, uh, also in hardcover. And uh, very interesting stuff. So, it's about everything you need to know about the TARDIS. Uh, the original price of the book, I believe, uh, I don't have that information, but but I do have an outrageous offer here. There's an eBay seller here with the buy it now, um, uh, it thing here is it's ZBK International, uh, with 99.1 positive feedback, which means not a hundred. Uh, there's some things there, uh, the book is being asked uh the selling price here is dollars and ninety nine cents. now here's what's interesting is after i discovered this i wrote to the seller and i said hey welcome to the most outrageous offer are you are you sure you want to sell this he goes thanks for letting me know we'll fix it well that was two weeks ago i let this sit for two weeks it's still up there at 999.99 so definitely don't want to buy it there uh i did go to AbeBooks. uh abooks.com And uh, the TARDIS handbook can be bought, used for $5.19. So there you go. You can still get that. It's a hardcover edition, good condition. You can also get it on Thrift Books. I found a copy that's in really good shape, uh, very good condition for $4.79. That's within the United States. So um, it's not a book you need to spend a lot of money on, and that's crazy. I mean, that, you know, the, uh, you know, this is what bugs me is like i even wrote to the guy and they said thanks for catching it and then they didn't do it uh other ebay auctions have this book at four dollars and nine cents or 426 or 542 uh so not a book that needs it's not apparently not that rare um and it has 128 pages it's it's not you know it's not a high collectible it's not something that only a handful were made or a bunch were still you know destroyed in a warehouse fire um which is another thing i want to talk about soon is that the whole wheel in space target thing which yeah a bunch of them were lost in a fire but the hardcover editions were in a different warehouse so people are charging huge money for the hardcover and it's not that rare um it's actually uh, all those copies survived so there you go. Um, again, you know, whenever you see, if you see a, a Doctor Who item out there that is priced way too high for the pocketbook, uh, shoot us a link at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com. I do get those daily and I check them all out. We vet everything. I want to make sure i can find it for for a little less if i can't find it for less then it might be the right price so you you know i'm not calling out all prices as outrageous just the ones where i can get one for five dollars and someone's selling it for a thousand which is crazy so there you go doctor who the tardis handbook these links will be on our website for this uh, podcast you can check it out for yourself uh and just in case it comes down i also have a screenshot so there you go. Well, that wraps up uh, this episode for the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. I want to thank uh, my guest, Mr. Tim Traylor, who uh, plays the third doctor for Big Finish. What a great conversation that was. I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so as far as what's coming up next, our next episode will be a wrap-up of Gallifrey 1, which was Galley uh, uh, 33 and a third, the 33rd year of Galley 1. And of course... Joining me is my most frequent guest uh, Miss Katie Haynes The great cosplayer of Doctor 13 uh, Talks about her interactions with Jodie Whittaker And with other of my friends Including my friends Tony Lee And David Howe And all that It was just really quite fun So uh, we'll see you then And of course coming soon uh, Later on the podcast uh, We will have of course that interview with Tasha Achilleos And the ultimate question Will the shop reopen? So you'll just have to stay tuned Until then Keep collecting
2: a Doctor Who podcast network.